Bokartov, we set, we laid the groundwork for studying the Chet HaEgel yesterday. And the, the part of the Chet HaEgel opens up in the 18th Pasuk of the 31st chapter. It says, And God gave to Moshe when he finished speaking with them on Har Sinai, to the two luchot of the testimony, the two tablets of the testimony. There were uh, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. Okay. It doesn't say that yet. We're going to see... Right, exactly, exactly. The assumption is that these were also cut by God because the next one is going to say, bring you should carve out two stones and bring them up the mountain. Okay. And the nation saw that Moshe was delaying to come from the mountain. And the people gathered to Aaron. They gather to Aaron and they say to him, Get up and make for us a God or make for us a leader that will go before us. Because this Moshe, the man that took us out of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. So let's study very carefully what the nation says. First of all, why are they so concerned? Because Moshe never told them how long it's going to take. So why did they wait 39? No, that's Midrash. Midrash, because it's not written here that is. No, it's not written. It's not written here how long they waited exactly. That's Rashi's understanding of why they got so impatient. But the the peshat of why they got impatient is because they had no idea how long Moshe was supposed to be on the mountain for. But let's read their words very carefully. They gather to Aharon and they say to him, Get up and make for us a God that will go before us because this Moshe, the man that took us out of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. So a few things I see in this pasuk. First of all, look at the way they speak to Aharon. Kum Get up and make for us a God. What does it sound like? Ordering. It's, it's aggressive. Yeah, yes. they're ordering they're Aharon. Ordering and now what do we know about Aharon? We know Moshe is a tough one. But Aaron is the one, exactly, Aaron is the one who is peaceful and he's not the kind of person who, who's going to go head on with a crowd that's, that's aggressively telling him to do something. He doesn't have it in him. It's not within his nature. That's why everybody loves him. Which is why Aaron is in a way set up to fail here. You know, we think Aaron did a very bad deed here, but sometimes there are just certain tests that are not your bad. It's not your battle. Borei Olam doesn't expect, uh, you know, he doesn't expect us to dunk a basketball. And he's not going to punish us if we can't dunk a basketball, you know, because it's not our battle. And Aharon, dealing with an angry mob, it's just not his battle. But, but they order him, Kuma selanu Elohim, that will go before us, because ze Moshe ha'ish asher he'elanu This Moshe, the man that took us out of Egypt. What do you hear in, that, in those words? The Moshe, the man. Maybe... Until now, they thought Moshe was kind of like a god. Wow. They're saying, ah, now we know that Moshe is just a man. So please make for us a god in his stead. Wow. So they were not even... Because, because what was the, the main problem with Bnei Israel until now? That with the slave mentality, it was, it's very hard for them to grasp 
that Bore Olam is behind the scenes doing everything is, is in, in, in something you, you cannot, cannot see feel, and cannot, you cannot feel. Do anything. That's very difficult. You cannot, you and then they see Moshe Rabbeinu doing all these miracles, and we said before that what their their probable mistake is going to be to mix up Moshe with Hashem, mix up Moshe with the one who was really doing the activity. That's why in whatever um, it was in, I think it was Mara or one of the stories in Parshat B'Shalach. Bnei Yisrael come to him, and what, what does Moshe say? He says, uh, "What are me and Aaron? What are you complaining to me and Aaron about? Your complaints are to Hashem." And clearly, there was this disagreement between Bnei Yisrael and Moshe that Moshe was trying to downplay his own uh, abilities, Position. and Bnei Yisrael refused to see that there is someone behind Moshe doing really doing everything, and Moshe was just his puppet. So all of a sudden they come to the realization that Moshe is just a man. This Moshe, the man that took us out of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. And what is their, what do they do to, once they see that Moshe is just a man, now they want a God. do they realize that now they should serve Hashem? No. No, they need a replacement for, yes, Moshe, for Moshe, the physical. Yes. Right? So that shows you something into the minds. Hashem is not even in this picture. Yeah, yeah. Hashem's not in the picture. Right? Picture. And it, it, it shows you a little bit about the way the uh, people's minds work, or these people's minds work. It is. They want something tangible. Exactly. They need something tangible. Because if Moshe isn't Egypt, there. Because yeah, in Egypt, it was they, all tangible. Yes, there was exactly. No... Exactly. They learned this in Egypt, and, and this is. If they don't have the first tangible God, quote unquote, then they're going to replace it with another tangible God. They're not going to replace immediately. They're not going to replace it with Hashem. Okay. Pasuk two. Vayomer alei maharon parekunis mehazav asher bezdin neshachem benachem uvnotachem vehaviu elai. So Hashem said to Aaron, said to them, He says, "Take off the golden uh, earrings that are on the ears of your wife, your wives, on your sons and on your daughters, and bring them to me." And what is Aaron thinking when this is happening? Buy time. Yeah, buying time. He clearly doesn't want so to go through with this. Maybe they don't give us, they don't, don't give me the jewelry. Exactly, and think <laughs> this is also comparable to the tirumah that they gave for the mishkan. It's almost like the gold that they donated to the mishkan was a kapara. This yeah, this, before, seemed, this is probably, before. this is before they That's did it. That's why you thought maybe they're not going to give it so easily. Right, 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 right. This is before they, no they experience. gave it. Maybe, maybe. Okay, so, so but, but you see the parallel there. In yes. one story, they're giving... That gold for Hashem, over, over but in the same in the same thing, they could also give that gold for Avodah Zarah, oh, which is part of that theme that we've seen. We've been seeing that sometimes the, the greatest mitzvot can so quickly, if you just go a little bit off, the greatest mitzvot can turn into the greatest avirot. And all the nation took off the earrings that were on the ears of their wives, and they brought them to Aharon. Asher beoznehem. Sorry. They were on the ears of their wives, their daughters, and their kids. And they brought them to Aaron. Aaron takes them. And he fashioned it with a graving tool. And he made it into a molten calf. And then the people then say, kicking Aaron out of the way. They push him out of the way. And they say, this is your God, Israel, that has taken you out of Egypt. And Haron saw this and he built an offering, a, 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 an altar in front of this cow. And Haron called and he said, Tomorrow is a festival to God. 
They woke up the next day, and now Aaron, he could have said, today is a festival to God. He pushes it another day. Everything is happening a lot faster than Aaron wishes. So they get up the next day, and they get up probably very early in the morning, and they bring Olot, and they bring Shilamim. And the people sit down to eat and to drink and they get up to make merry. What does it mean to make merry? Uh. As we've seen before, um, that Abimelech uh, looks into the window. He sees Yitzchak is playing. Yeah, has sexual connotation, yes. negative sexual connotation in this case, right? So in this case, it seems to be like there was a very, very, very big party um, in which there was a lot of sexual activity Egy- going Egyptian, on. Uh, very pagan, very yeah. pagan. All the pagans used to always, always have always sexual there. activities. They used to celebrate the god of fertility and this and that, and all of their parties contained sexual acts. So Bnei Israel is kind of becoming like the pagan nations that they are supposed to differ, differ themselves from. Okay? Um, they bring Olot and Shilamim. Does that ring a bell from somewhere? Vayalu Olot, Vayagishu Shilamim. They haven't started doing Korban yet. No, but they, I think they did one at the end of Parshat Mishpatim. Let's see. Let's see. Here. Pasuk Hay from Parshat Enda Parshat Mishpatim, Perekaftal. Vaishlachet na Arebene Israel. He sends the youngsters of Israel. Vayalu Olot. Vaishbehuz of Achim Shilamim Ladonai. So what's going on? So yes. the same. The same thing that they did there. The same thing they that repeat, they did. They right, exactly. The same thing that they did. They're saying to themselves, this is the God of uh, Israel. Right. When they established the covenant. At the end of Parashat Mishpatim, they brought Olot and Shilamim. And if this is the same God as last time, just with the last the time was Moshe, this time it's a golden calf, the same let's reestablish a covenant with the golden calf. Uh, so they're doing that. Even worse. Uh, something like that. Okay, but you could definitely see them parallel, paralleling what they did at the end of Parashat Mishpatim. Okay. So Hashem says, Moshe, go down because your nation has corrupted that, you took, that you've taken out of Egypt. Where have you seen the word shichet? Hashem says to Moshe, go down because your nation has corrupted that you took out of Egypt. God is like not even uh, associating himself with them. Your nation. It's your nation. That's also that drives me crazy. Right. It's your nation. Like he's... <laughs> <laughs> right. It's as if Bnei Israel are going to earn, have to earn Hashem back. And that's what Moshe's job is going to be in the coming Moshe feast. was ordered to go and bring them out. Right. And now he brought them out. And now he became he's a, he's, he's, he's his nation. He's now, where do we see the word shichet? I'm not sure. This oh. is in the story of Noah. Yes. 
Well, and the land, long, yeah, a long, long time, time ago. ago. <laughs> this is where we're going to see comparisons between Moshe Rabbeinu, the lawgiver, and Noah, the no. lawgiver. The two men who, who rode in, a, in an oh, ark. He, they, he gave the, the Noadic, yes. So he gave the laws of Noah, and Moshe gives the laws for Am Yisrael, and they both are in an ark, right? So you're going to see, now we're going to get to compare, based on this word, shichet, right? The, the land was corrupted, now they, they got corrupted. Um, we're going to compare how, how Noah responds to the corruption of the people and how Moshe responds to the corruption of the people. Very interesting. They've, they've deviated quickly from the way that I have commanded them. They made for them a molten calf. They bow down to it and they've, they've offered to it. And they said, These are, this is your God, Israel, that has taken you out of Egypt. And Hashem says to Moshe, I've seen this nation for they are very stiff-necked. And now let me be. And my anger will flare against them and I will destroy them. And I will make you a great nation. The same way Noah became a great nation. Yes. Now Moshe is being offered the same opportunity. You will become a great nation. He's giving the same, the same formula that he gave to Noah. He's giving to yeah, Moshe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's giving the same formula that he gave to Noah. He's giving to Moshe. Everybody is going to be destroyed, and we will start fresh from you, in or out. We reboot. Do you want it? So by Chal Moshe et Pene Adonai and Moshe beseeches uh, um, the presence of Hashem, his God. He says, Why should your anger flare against your nation? You took out of Egypt with a strong hand and with a great might. And notice how Moshe is turning the table. He's saying, It's not yes. your nation. It's not my nation. You have to have a lot of courage to say yeah. this to Hashem. It's your nation. But look at his arguments. Let's see his arguments. Pasuk 12. Why should Mitzrayim say Remember that was actually yes. the exact words that Paro said. He said, um, what did Paro say? He said, um, he said something Ra'a. Um, How do you remember all of this? No. Um, do you remember what Paro said? He says, he said, that uh, he said, "Look, there's evil in front of you. There's e- evil that you are approaching." That's what Paro said to Bnei Israel. So Moshe is taking those exact words. He says, "Mitzrayim is going to say we were right when we said right." It was with evil he took them out to kill them in the mountains, and to destroy them. Meaning, what, what's the impression that the nations of the world are going to get of Hashem? It is an evil God. Please return from your wrath and, and, uh, and be, um, what's the word? So he's playing with and the forgive for the, the nation for their, the reputation of yeah, Hashem. and forgive for the evil of your nation. Now next, first is reputation. First is Chilul Hashem. Second, yes. Now remember Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov that you swore to them and you told them that you are going to increase their descendants like the stars of the heavens. Um, wow. 
And all this land that I've spoken, I will give to your seed, and they will inherit it forever. All these things that you said to, Ahab, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these promises, what are going to be of those? So this is the second element of Moshe's prayer. The first one is Achilul Hashem. The second is, starts with the, is the is the avot is, yes. is your, the promise that he made that Shem made to exactly the, the to promise the, of the avot and that's going to be the zechut avot is going the to be that he made with the, the zechut avot is going to be that kind of the backstop that never lets Hashem destroy us because of the promise he made to Abraham Isaac, and Yaakov. Finally, and because of these arguments, God he he uh, repented. Not, I don't like the word repented. He decided against the evil that he was going to do to the nation. We so, consider, so, so first step so far is in, in the heat of the moment, Borei Olam tells Moshe, I'm going to destroy them completely and I'm going to start fresh with you. And Moshe succeeds in his first level of tefillah to avoid what? Is he getting full atonement? No. Is Hashem coming back? No, he's, Are making, they, he's making Hashem... He's just, not, putting, he's, putting, he's just ensuring that the punishment... Gets. Is not uttered. There's still going to be punishment, but it, at least it's not to the level of uh, but an, the, annihilation. Exactly, it's not to the level of Noah. Let's say yes. it's not complete destruction. And now you can compare Moshe and Noah in their response. Noah, whenever he's be, told, he's, he's a little bit like Abraham. Abim. Yeah, he's more like Abraham. You know what, where you see Moshe acting like Abraham, where Abraham. Whenever he was told about Sidon, yes, Abraham was, starts begging to Hashem, what about the 50, 40, 30? He <laughs> yeah, he's trying to save the people. Here, here Moshe is and Moshe is like that as well. So you compare, right, so you can compare Moshe and Abraham to Noah, where Noah, he's told of the destruction, and he's like, oh, great, okay, I'm going to go build myself an ark. But Moshe and Abraham, the destruction of people pains them, especially for Am Israel. It really pains him. And he, the first step is he's successful in stopping Borei Olam from bringing utter annihilation. So now there's going to be a lot more because there are going to be more tefillot, right? That culminate in the, the complete reunification of B'nai Israel and Hashem and the, the remaking of the covenant. Because look, what B'nai Israel essentially did is they undid the covenant. So everything we did at the end of Parashat Mishpatim Na'aseh Benishma basically is not, doesn't hold water right what, now. What I learned is that when Moshe threw down the Luchot, broke them because that was the contract. If he that's interesting. You know, that contract, you know, it was the marriage contract. Right, that, shows, I, that, that shows that... Not yet, because if not, it, it would really punish right, them. Right, it would right, be very, right, very bad. Right. Okay, so Hashem, tomorrow, uh, we'll keep going. We'll keep on trying to pick apart this story. And... So deep. Yeah. So Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. I think, I think you have to see... Um, you have to see them as slaves, as highly influenced from Egypt, wow. and and it's almost inevitable. You know, you're om- wow. we're, we're almost so waiting. Sad. So sad. You know, I don't see it like that. I see it. Something I was reading was saying, and I think he's right. He's saying it's almost necessary for Bnei Israel to make this mistake. This is how they grew up. Yeah, they need to, they need to they need to become aware of how of how difficult it's going to be to actually serve Hashem. They're going to need they to become be aware. So comfortable that they can eat by the mountain or by all of these things. things like this. There, there are a lot that Bnei Israel have to there learn be, still. There should be a, such a, and I think a this distance. is a this is a process for Bnei Israel to learn a that they can't get too comfortable. That there's no touching and feeling God, and what happens when they try to make a God that they can touch and feel? You know. So That's I think I think I think it's almost necessary. So I don't. I'm not so saddened by it as I'm. I'm trying more to understand the psychology behind it. 
What is what is the what, what clicked? What what made them? Yes, go? and I think it's this. I think it's the inability to 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 handle God that's completely invisible. I think that's the. But we'll have to analyze more on Sunday. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.